he's eating fried chicken to own the libs because he's black and he still likes fried chicken. So there, liberals. <laughs> Unashamed. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do react videos to Terrence K. William react videos eating fried tofu. That's dude, do that. Do at least one of those. Find find the the weirdest Terrence K. Williams react video and react to that one. <laughs> yeah. With with yeah, just you totally. eating to vegan tofu. Totally. None of that meat based tofu. None of that meat tofu. The liberals are destroying California and conservative humor gone awry. Conservative humor gone awry is going to fascist fornia today. So stay tuned. We're going to take a few pictures of the desert and how their policies are actually messing it up. It's not beautiful when you go across that border. But stay tuned, guys. We'll show you exactly Uh, I'm Alexander Edward. And I'm Tony Boswell. And we are Minion Death Cult. The world is ending. Feminist is responsible. We're documenting it. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have a uh, jam-packed show. Uh, let's just get right into it. Joining us barn today burner. is uh, Brett Payne from Street Fight Radio. How you doing, Brett? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, watching Indy 500 all day, uh, getting ready for the call-in show been doing good oh yeah you've been into the indie 500 thing i'm like i'm like close just be, i'm like getting enough satisfaction from watching you watch it so i don't have to do it yet um, um but you, it's it's interesting i like it i i was a real fast and furious came out when i was like 18 so i had like a blow-off valve and like a short shifter on my uh audi a4 that i that eventually got repoed because yeah. i couldn't <laughs> afford it um but I've always liked cars, and I was looking for something during quarantine to watch that was exciting. And it's just like, as soon as they start driving, like my phone goes down, and I'm just like, "Wow, those cars are fast!" And now cool. there's so there's so many in like in the cockpit cameras that you feel like you're in there. And they'll show them. They're like they'll show their dash. They're going 150 miles an hour, and they're going around a corner, you know. And they're they're pulling like five G's. It's it's pretty impressive. It's been it's yeah. kept me busy. So they cool. all they all have cancer now after pulling five G's constantly. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could. I I mean I haven't watched it. I I trust you when you say that it's interesting. But the only like racing that I've ever found interesting is is like rally sport shit. Like that stuff is crazy. Yeah, rally's awesome. I just got to yeah. log in for that, <laughs> so I will be watching rally soon. I watched. Um, there was some video that came up in my feed, and it was race footage. And you're the only one in my feed who ever uploads race footage. So I was like, okay, this is Brett, but he's like watching a different sport. These are like, I don't know, more normal looking cars, I guess. And then the car like hits the uh, what do you call it? The pit, the pit route, you know, off the side, just like going as fast as the regular speed and i was like oh shit what is he doing and then he skids and then does a 180 skidding into the side between two cars like he's parallel parking between the two cars but then keeps going and skids out and does another 180 right to where his pit crew was and i'm like that's fucking insane and then i realized i was watching a video game of some kind uh <laughs> i was like that's that looks like a cool video game <laughs> 
Yeah, I've been watching some of the Drift stuff uh, from Japan, which is pretty fun. Also, if you want to watch old classic stuff, there's this really dangerous, awful racing they did, rally racing in the 80s called Group B, um, which Mm -hmm. was basically... There was no limit on how many production cars you had to have, so you could just make like a one-of-one monster crazy fucking car and put it in there. But they like slammed into the crowd so many times that (laughs) after like two years of it, they were like, this has to be stopped. (laughs) I think I got into those rally... I I never got into it, got into it, but I think I started appreciating rally racing based on like those epic fail compilations where where you just see... Or it was like close calls, like the faces, you know, uh, near faces of death where you see just a rally car tumbling down a dirt road and somebody running toward the camera away from it. <laughs> um, let's get to this. Let's let's get to this topic. Okay, so the, we we asked Brett on. Brett's a friend of the show, of course. We love having him on, no matter what. But there's a we had a specific agenda in mind. Uh, we are revisiting a minion death cult favorite, a favorite of ours, and a favorite of the listener. If uh, the reviews are to be believed. An icon. A man by the name of McB. This is Kevin McBride, small business owner from St. Petersburg slash Tampa, Florida. The episode title for this for this installation will be Letters from a Tampa Bay Jail. <laughs> you have to go back if you're if you're not familiar, you have to go back and listen to the ballad of McB, the first episode we did on this gentleman where he was imprisoned by a feminist judge at the behest mm-hmm. of the LGBTQ mafia uh, <laughs> who had persecuted him after he had merely put up anti-gay signs in the windows of his uh, fancy clothier store in Tampa Bay, Florida, or St. Petersburg, Florida, one of those. He even went as far as to put a picture of the bartender's face who worked at the bar next to him up in the window calling her like uh, a a man eater or something calling her like a lesbian man killer yeah man hater yeah and just we don't have time that's about all the background I'm going to give please go listen to that episode Uh, it's incredible but I have here one thing that I wanted to read from that episode just to set the tone of who Mick B is okay Mick B posted <laughs> on the window of his clothing store my poem from jail. Hello, it's me, Mick B from jail. Serving day four of ten because I did not prevail. Life was perfect until August 19th of last year. The Tampa Bay Rays were the reason I moved here. My talent is I can see things in reality. Now I am here wasting away? Really? Honesty, character, and transparency has always been my game, but it doesn't work in the legal legal world, I am ashamed. If, I o- if only I knew in advance that an officer needed to prove herself. I read her soul <laughs> during the arrest. She needed self-help. The two black eyes under her makeup was the first tell. Maybe this is why she assaulted me, provoking me into this hell. Ugh. Everywhere I go, I have been trying to spread the good word, teaching right from wrong and helping guys staying true to my word. (laughs) Whether on Facebook, morning till night, bars or at the shop, LOL, my quest to make things better will not stop. McBee. So Mm -hmm. what he's referring to is the time he got arrested at a pink concert. Yep. 
for like assaulting for assaulting a woman, right? For assaulting a female officer, I believe is, yeah. is what the charge yeah. was. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, but I got I got to say, like that's the, really the mission of the mission statement of this show. You know, was really just uh, just you know helping the guys and staying true to the word. So the so I like it. <clears throat> The reason we're I mean, re- that was, yeah, go ahead. Was that like was that a prompt in jail? Did they have like some poet come in and make them write a, write, write something down or No, yeah, I think yeah. Mick B from the heart. Mick B is just an industrious person. This like I uh-huh. mean, the, he's just he can't stop working basically. Uh, and sure. I mean, you know, evidence of that is the purpose for doing this episode because uh, as a few different people brought to my attention in the Facebook group uh, McBee is now a published author. Kevin Thomas McBride has published his autobiography in a- at Amazon.com, and the title of the autobiography is "Gents, Let's Talk About Feminist." <laughs> that's huge. I mean, that's that's the that's arguably the biggest public house in the world. Like that's, I, I think if you think about it, that's the biggest one in the world. How do you think he? How, how do you think he set this up? They don't just talk to anybody, right? Oh, no. Uh, I think they're sympathetic to his story. You know, I think once they they saw how much integrity he had Mm. that was just flowing out from him, they're like, we got it. We got to share this. McBee's first ticket broker was out of his garage. (laughs) So they they felt that. Uh, So once again, the title of this book is Gents, Let's Talk About Feminist. Is this uh, feminism? What's the cover? Not image. The cover image is him, I think, at a bar with a, a glass of wine that's, like, far enough away from him to where you don't know if it's his glass of wine or not. <laughs> He's just looking at the glass of wine like, oh, what, what am I going to do with this glass of wine over here? Uh, I just like the title. I like that he was... I mean, somebody had to tell him that, like, that's not grammatically correct. That that's a fe- yeah. feminist isn't a noun. I mean, it is a noun, but it's like it doesn't fit in this structure. <laughs> no, um, it doesn't make sense. So, but he just went with it anyway. Uh, it's a style. I mean, I'm a, he's a trailblazer, you know? Mm-hmm. People are going to start talking about feminist more now. <laughs> so, in uh, one of the statements here, uh, I think, is indicative of, of the, the composition, the, the genesis of this book. He says, uh, the first chapter, I don't know if I will be putting this in my pretext... I think it means like the prologue, but I'm writing these words from the Arlington County Jail. As I sit here all alone, wine my jail cell, and reflecting on those times, I get tingles down my neck while writing about the Madonna concert back in the day. The concert was simply <laughs> jaw-dropping. So he was he he was writing this in jail is is the main takeaway the the chap the first chapter which is titled timeline of feminism, uh it starts out with a pretty lengthy chapter on Madonna uh and is it about the time he got kicked out of a Madonna concert is that like the first time he came up in face to face with feminism was that a Madonna concert in the eighties well in a way it is the first time he came face to face with feminism but he liked it. He says that that Madonna was the original Me Too movement, uh, and then he kind of documents how things spiraled out of control from there. Um, and I do want to say there is an author's note up top that says, uh, "I am trying." So, <laughs> author's note: uh, I'm trying to say that that this book is 100% originally written by me. 
I never read any other books on the subject, articles, or any type of transcripts for it. I did no research to help me write this book. Yep. So, say this <laughs> is mean, all him. Yeah. He's taking 100% yeah. credit for the content of this He book. knows how not to get sued, at least. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, really freeballing here. This I like is it. like such a flex. He's like, no, this is all me. I give no credit to anybody. I'd never read a book in my life. This is all yeah, just like, yeah. I'm, I'm like a savant out in a cave. If it You're sounds gonna... familiar, it's not. I just made it up. <laughs> I really did off the top of my head. You're reading this. You're getting your mind blown. You're like, where did this guy study from? And you're like, wow, this is all intrinsic. Yeah. <laughs> it's You can just tell he's like never read anything because he's talking. He's like, I'd like to, uh, I'd, I'd like to use a metaphor here. I got, <laughs> I got a, uh, I got a newspaper and it shows a heat map of the United States and it's all orange and red on on the map which means that the United States is really hot right now and it's and this I think is like feminism feminism is spreading <laughs> across the United States and then yeah. he put a fucking photograph of that specific newspaper's front page in the book <laughs> to show what? you what a heat map looks like <laughs> Um, you know, uh, feminism is kind of like uh, Beatles, like like the Beatles fever. Um, it's really, truly really taking the country by storm. Yeah, the Beatles fever. Yeah, we all remember that. That was a thing, right? Yeah, the Beatles fever. Lost a lot of good ones to Beatles fever. It's called Beatles insanity. Uh, <laughs> Beatles insanity. There you go. Um, mania. Beatle mania. Oh, you yeah. got it. Thank you. got you. it? I got it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm I'm imagining that he's just sitting there like plunking his pencil on his head like god damn it this feminist what is it like and then he just looks over and he sees this red glowing maps uh, red glowing blob spreading across the United States he's like this is exactly like feminism did he did he read any of that newspaper probably not no no <laughs> no probably that, was, that that was not about heat at all that 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 map was not about heat at all it was actually about like uh, just like deforestation <laughs> and he just didn't read it at all um, another author's note up top uh, the title of it's not an author's note specifically but it is like in the uh, prologue the title of this like little blurb is lol page definition mm -hmm. and uh, the text that reads, makes sense Contrary to popular belief, I'm a very fun and humorous guy even though it might appear otherwise with my message here I love life. Attacking the women, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love life. I do. Every day. It's just that I was given a very difficult mission. Maybe the hardest. Quote, thanks a lot, Lord. LOL. <laughs> In this book, I'll be using these little amazing abbreviations for laughing out loud, parentheses, LOL. It's because I'm smiling, laughing inside, or laughing out loud myself. It might also be used to expose the humor in what I just wrote. I'm not kidding. A few times while putting the thought to pen, then pen to paper, I was busting up <laughs> laughing out loud inside my jail cell. LOL. This is this is beautiful. Like, <laughs> oh, that is astonishingly stupid. I I, I, I what about the grandmas that are like, huh? I always thought that meant lots of love. Yeah. I, yeah. I had no idea. It's it's for laughter. Well, when he said so, I had already read like part 
a big chunk of this book before reading this specific little prologue because when you buy something on Kindle, it just starts you off at the first chapter, like it skips all the the forward pages and shit. And he uses LOL at the end of like every paragraph or every other sentence. Like he types out LOL a lot. And so I'm like, okay, that's a very interesting writing style for a grown man. Uh, And then when I went back to this and he says, while he's explaining it, he says, thanks a lot, Lord, LOL. I was like, oh shit, he's one of the love our Lord guys. That's what he means with LOL. Good thing, good thing he clarified. But no, he, he just means he's laughing out loud in his jail cell. If you don't actually. know, if you don't, if you know what LOL means, I'm just doing a little, little <laughs> funny thing there to, you know, play with yeah. you. Let me know. It's we're having a little, a little gag here. I'm using an amazing thing- little tool called an abbreviation. <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing worse than publishing LOL is explaining why you did it. Is is publishing that paragraph. Okay, so chapter one, feminist timeline. Uh, He has a lot of theories about how (laughs) music is responsible for, like, feminism getting out of control. Uh, And he, there's a long lead up to this where he talks about whether or not feminism started in the 60s or 70s. And some people said it started in 1968, but in his opinion, it started in the 70s. And then he talks about uh, the Madonna concert, but then he says that music... Uh, encouraged women to uh, make fun of men in their songs, d- degrade men for shock value and and for like controversy basically. And he says right here, he writes, ready for some examples? No Scrubs by TLC. Shoop by Salt and Peppa. Yep. Quote, yep. I Hate Boys by Christina Aguilera. Yep. <laughs> that one, that is misandry. The most- All this is yeah. misandry. <laughs> yeah, that's so blatant and nobody everybody just lets it pass by go right to the top of the charts i hate men you can say it loud and proud <laughs> yep you ought to know by alanis morissette <laughs> she's making indictment of men she's making fun of a man getting a blowjob in a theater his god-given right just because yeah. he's her her ex-boyfriend I yeah. think if you told Mick B it was about like re- it was like a revenge song or something, I think he probably could get into it. Or like it was it was angry. I don't I don't uh I don't know. I don't see that one, I guess. He is very against female vengeance. He thinks sure. that like the feminist movement is just like one hundred percent like, you know, vindictive women getting theirs over on the men they think they hate because of uh no scrubs by TLC. <laughs> yeah, the feminist agenda really is what's been ruining his life. <laughs> the, and these songs are just like scathing reminders. It's awful. The one that probably stood out for me, and I welcome the feedback from men on this one. This song is still played in bars and clubs around the globe. Nasty Girl by Vanity Six. Wow. What a sexy song. <laughs> it was over-the-top sexy, and I loved this song growing up. Dancing and roller skating to it was so much fun. The song itself is innovative and fantastic, but it led to some questions I had. Are women grading us or judging us in bed? Is sex that important? Is having a large penis the only way to please a woman? There are probably some underlying questions I've missed. So, so he's, he didn't list all the questions that he had yeah, yeah. While, while hearing, uh, while, while hearing uh, Nasty Girl by Vanity Six. Um, but I think you get the point. The key lines in the Nasty Girl song were, I need seven inches or more. Get it up. Get it up. I can't wait anymore. 
No wonder millions of guys went gay in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Like that that made that made like dick sound really cool. <laughs> like that made that made getting dick down sound really tight. And yeah, um, wow, you, know, you got to be yeah, pretty you know, man, be pretty I, pretty tough to take a big dick like that. <laughs> that's you that's usually my line. I'm usually like, "Hey, how do you feel about the Vanity is Six song Nasty Girl?" <laughs> I just think it was like it's like too sexy. The song was too sexy. It's so sexy it made me gay for for dicks. It's funny because he seems like he might be he might have been fun if it wasn't for feminists because like he like loves pop music I mean, he and, would just um, be, yeah, yeah if he, if he was good, just good gay and stopped being anti-gay and just went to all of his Madonna and pink concerts and got along with everybody instead well he's yeah that'd be a lot more fun he's got a lot of hang-ups he's like a very religious person he's like against even smoking weed but he's very in favor of alcohol as we'll see later in yeah. a couple posts I think speed probably he's okay with prescription speed even well, if you don't get yeah. it from a doctor <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will i will say there is no there is no verse where jesus like smokes weed the burning there, bush that wasn't jesus oh okay yeah, that was a sinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was, was that was God. God, oh, yeah. God's the one who was getting it, getting it on. I was smoking um, the, the ganj. So the second, uh, like sub chapter in uh, this time, this first feminist timeline, because there's a chapter three is also called feminist timeline. Uh, the second like section in the first chapter of feminist timeline is all about Nancy Grace. <laughs> uh. Another big, another big factor in the feminist timeline growth was Nancy Grace. We have yeah. we have ten million Nancy Graces running around this country today. People who emulate who they people emulate who they admire on TV. It's human nature. Twenty years ago, there was only one Nancy. Today, we have millions running around the country. So, the next time you are out with someone that resembles the above stated, and she starts acting up, just say to her. Chill, Nancy. You're not on the set. LOL. <laughs> They'll totally get it. They'll totally know exactly what you're saying. Like, <laughs> like, like, whoa, Nancy. Are you make? Are you? Are you? Are you calling me Nancy Grace right now? Of the Nancy Grace show? <laughs> yeah, that's is that true. what you're saying right now? You get spit are on. You if saying you I'm call a sassy, Nancy independent Grace. woman? <laughs> if I was a woman and somebody said that to me, I'd be like, "Are you calling me like a gay man?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying right now? Are you are you calling me Nancy Sinatra? Are you telling me like my boots are made for walking? What is going on here? I uh, also now imagine like he wrote this at the end of twenty. When was this published? This was published this year, but he wrote it in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I'm saying right before Karen, and I imagine right now he's like, "Fuck, fuck, they're <laughs> yeah. Nancys, they're Nancys, the Nancys. they're Nancys, yeah. they're Nancy. <laughs> People don't know they're Nancy Graces. They're not Karens." <laughs> Yeah, I can see him commenting on posts. I think you meant to say Nancy. I think you meant to call her Nancy. He has here's my here's my published book from this year that it, it, pro it proves that you're talking about Nancys. <laughs> it's like so fast that he's got like these very specific cultural touchstones that I don't know maybe like were a big deal at some point, but I don't like I I only learned about Nancy Grace from like her HLN show after she presumably like got fired from CNN for being a weirdo. Or something like I, 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 I don't think she's a heard feminist role model. By by, I don't know. I'm not the uh, arbiter of that, of course. But I don't. I I've never only heard saw the most that. horrible things about her. Yeah, I've only heard the most horrible things. I've never heard a kind opinion of Nancy Grace in my life. 
Well, like she was like a. I, I like how he has this history of being bitter towards like women in the justice system. Like Why? Because was she know, a prosecutor? You know, she was a. She had like a TV judge show, didn't she? I don't know. He says CNN, and then I I only know her from uh, an HLN show she had later, where all she would do was like you know ring out pictures of dead kids for uh, ad revenue. Was that Swift Justice with Nancy Grace? Possibly. Yeah, she would just inject herself into like some weird some weird story and just rant and rave about it, you know, about how kids are getting murdered on the street all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would like uh presume live on it, like l jump to assumptions live on air and like ruin people's lives. I think that's the kind of anchor she was. Oh, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, it's just a very interesting, like, and we'll see that as we go on with him. He has these very specific, like, what he thinks. I mean, you know, no scrubs by TLC. Like, that had, that's why feminists are the way they are today. Nancy Grace on CNN. That's why feminism is so bad. Um, though, there's another very specific cultural touchstone that we'll get to in a minute. But this next one, which is in this feminist timeline uh, section, I believe... I believe that's where it is. I don't remember. I have, I have this copied and pasted. But this is a personal anecdote from him that is uh, extremely revealing, extremely informative. He's talking about how he used to work at a, I think it was a steakhouse. It was either a steakhouse or a restaurant. He used to manage it. And he's talking about how he was, uh, he was basically wronged by the general manager of this restaurant. He wanted to fire a kid who worked under him and then his judgment was undermined he says mm. i liked the kid and he always got the steak temperatures correct but after a pattern of, of him disrupting the business it was time to let him go not to mention the possible health code violations that evening after having to clean and close the station i wrote in our manager logbook what he did which was he was like flirting with a server and then that server got an order wrong because he was distracting her or something like that uh, so he fired the kid. I recommended we fire Why not the woman for, for disrupting the service and being so, you know, a Seem problem in the workplace? <clears throat> Seems like a double standard to me, yeah. Uh, he, he, goes, my, he goes on, My GM calls me the next day and tells me we must keep him because he's too hard to replace. Stunned, I came in the next day and quit. Again, this job was sweet for me at the time. Fast-paced kitchen atmosphere, good pay, and I was able to date a few of the employees there. Banged. Whoa. LOL. Whoa. What? <clears throat> I wow. I, it's, I was able to date a few of the employees there, period. Banged. Period. LOL. Period. Oh, that's hey, oh, That is it, hilarious. If you, if you, uh, if you're listening and you worked with McBee at a steakhouse, call in a street fight. We want to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't know anybody that has ever come in contact with McBee for sure. Yeah. This it is, this is, this is interesting because it is like someone's personal history and you can see like, cause he's older, how he just like during the middle of the nineties towards the late nineties, he just went on his own timeline from there. Like it was, he had seen enough of the world. He had seen enough after <laughs> no scrubs came out and was just like, this, yeah. this place is going down the tubes. Um, he's going to be bummed when he hears like Cardi B and Lizzo. <laughs> oh he's yeah. We'll freak out <laughs> when he catches up, uh, throughout my um, life. But yeah, also, go ahead. I mean, sorry, but like revealing that you're using your power as a manager and also 
hitting on employees and sleeping with them is, I mean, borderline criminal. <laughs> yeah. Should yeah. be. It deserves a punching in the stomach. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's that's the interesting thing is that he was fucking his employees, several of them, and then also getting mad at this other kid for flirting with one of the waitresses and, quote, disrupting the business. Like, how much flirting do you think McBee did while on the job? How much disruption of the business do you think McBee did on the job? Uh, but he was conveniently manager. Um, well, from my experience, you need to do, like, a little bit of flir- flirting before, like, bang. You know? Yeah, so he, I'm assuming touch he of did flirting. some of it, yeah. Before banged, then, you know, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Uh, Throughout my life, I've tried to stick to a good moral and ethical code. I'm coming to you with a lot of truth and reality. This is where I am misunderstood in today's society, I guess. I quit a dream job because I was overruled. This, of course, sent me on the path of small business ownership the rest of my working career. Let's title this story as, quote, fire the kid or I'm walking, bucko. LOL. (laughs) Uh, And this, there's like two things in here, which is great. He quit what he calls a dream job because somebody like had more power than him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had a boss. Wild. And it's like, yeah, the boss, don't bosses suck, dude? (laughs) Like, isn't it bad? But it's like, he quit his dream job because somebody wouldn't let him fire the person he wanted to fire. He was, he was like such a proud person that he couldn't stay at a position that wouldn't give him total authority. And then second of all, he was like, this is why I need to be a small business owner. He was the first person in history to say, like, you're fired. And the guy was like, no, you're not. He's like, well, if you're not fired, good, I can't not, I can't not fire you because I quit. <laughs> that's like never that's not how that goes uh i um i don't know if he yeah he probably wasn't going to make it in any sort of regular employment um he just doesn't seem like he could get along with any person even no. if he <clears throat> yeah for under any circumstances he seems like a very unlikable character so i'm glad he yeah. found his way he's one of me he, he washed out of the work workforce you know on his own like me this is um so yeah this is still the first chapter the timeline of feminism uh and one and a a striking subsection in this was called we love you honey and i'll just i'll just uh read the last couple paragraphs from it he writes ladies when you believe your man is making an error in judgment please start out kindly and respectfully example it's sunday fun day the man is driving his female companion home after a nice day whoever that may be wife girlfriend prospect client or friend maybe even kids in the car he still has a couple of beers in him he responds to oh wow what (laughs) where did those come from (laughs) well he was you know they were were out at like a they were out at a, uh, a client (laughs) <laughs> a client what business meeting on Sunday. Of course, you're going to get a, a, having a couple root beer, having a yeah. couple beers at uh, Home Depot. And my distant cousins there. The kids are ones. there. Business clients are there. It's just fun day. Everybody's there. You know, that's what you do. He still <laughs> has a couple of beers in him. He responds to a text, email, or Facebook notification while driving. He weaves a bit. Most. <laughs> Most women get all frantic <laughs> and scream out, "Watch it!" or worse. 
LOL, semicolon, thus almost creating a real accident. <laughs> it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Lady. He sounds, he probably insisted that he drives too. Like if a real mm-hmm. man will drive even if he's drunk, you shouldn't, you don't yeah. want to have a woman behind the wheel. <laughs> Ladies, instead of berating him, insulting him for his poor decision making, say something like, we love you, honey, calmly. This simple, soft-spoken message to us will do a few amazing things for you and the man. Imagine imagine you have these friends that are a couple, and every time one of them messes up, the other one just yells, We love you, honey, and it's the... Just drunk oh, driving. I accidentally spilled, I spilled a little bit of wine. We love you, honey. Drunk driving... And reading a Facebook notification <laughs> and going over the center lane. With we love you, honey. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, honey. Can you stop going through my phone? <laughs> so sick. Just so gross. He gives more uh, drunk driving advice <laughs> later on. I like, the man. <laughs> he says, I like being the man, too. Not just a man, the man. <laughs> he says, uh, never mix medications with alcohol while you're driving. Pro tip. That's a good pro tip. <laughs> and he says, uh, never smoke weed or anything else while you're drinking while driving. Uh, because while you're on the road, you never know uh, the people around you. They're probably on mushrooms or on, what was the other? He said weed or mushrooms. <laughs> well, and also, pro tip, if you are too drunk, if you just like pack an olive in each one of your cheeks... You can get home safe. It will soak. It will soak up the alcohol, and you can get home. That's that's another McBead piece of advice, I'm sure. Okay, chapter two is UFAs. Uh, do we have any guesses? I, I have no clue. I guess. Universe. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Mm, Universal Feminist Association. <laughs> okay, so we, you and I, uh, Brett, we each got 33% right, but it was a different 33%. Uh, I knew that the U in UFAs was unfair. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew that was going to be, I knew it was like something he was mad about. I knew it was like a grievance of some kind. So I was like, is the UF unfair? Um, but no, it it is uh, unfair feminist. Oh shit! What is it? Accusations? No, it's like double standards. Uh, shit, I can't remember. Like assets or unfair female assets or unfair female uh, advantage. That's what it is. Advantage. Unfair female advantages. Uh, uh. And so he he lists like experiences where he's had unfair female advantages uh, in his life, and he gets he goes on this long story about a woman who came out to Las Vegas like his ex ex girlfriend who like wanted to like have a you know weekend fling or whatever, and uh, they go to a casino uh, because he's a gambling addict like he says in the book and he they're betting separately because he wants to play cards and she wants to sit at the at the slot machine and he and like she gets all mad and walks away and he tries to chase her and says what happened uh and apparently the bartender who was also wanting to have sex with this woman told her that that mick b was there with another girl and got her jealous so she stormed out and he tried to help her or he tried to get her back into the car 
uh, and she wouldn't get back to the car. And then some guys came out of their car who were definitely going to rape her. So he grabbed her by uh, the hair or something to put her into. He's like, so I tried to grab her and she was wiggling around. But then, aha, I got her by the hair. Uh, and then oh, God. he puts her in the car and she had hit him in the head with one of her high heels. That what? that subsection of that chapter is called the high heeled cock block. And no, I, what <laughs> fucking way? I thought what? it was going what to be is the about statute like of limitations. Well, don't worry what? about it, Tony. Just keep listening. <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be like her female friend was in high heels cock blocking him, but he's saying the woman herself cock blocked him with her high heel by hitting him in the head and with it. <laughs> And so yeah, the wow. bartender, or the, he, he probably wouldn't beat up the bartender after that. <laughs> so they go back to his house. He's pissed off, and he won't let her come into the house. She won't leave, so he calls the cops on her. The cops come and take them both to jail, uh, and then he he's still got like an assault charge or an arrest for domestic violence on his record because of this incident. Incredible, incredible. So. Anyway, the the next wow. the next well, segment. Go so ahead. What is that? What is that supposed to be though? Like, is that well? The cops that, just assumed that's just how that women, he like oh. is the one who abused her, even though he called the cops and he was bleeding or whatever. Because I guess, uh, so according to him, Las Vegas has this rule where they put both parties in jail, like to sleep it off if there's a domestic disturbance or something like. That. I don't know. Don't know how accurate that is. Okay, folks. Um, yeah. In uh, the next timeline on feminism i'm trying to remember her name here because uh you know i'm I'm not as up to date on my gen x cultural relevances you know cultural events or whatever who's the um the female lawyer who represented the uh prosecution in the oj trial mar isn't it marcia something marcia clark yeah so he's got a whole chapter called marcia clark Uh, wow he has a theory that Marsha Clark's loss in the OJ trial is what spurned women to be so vindictive against men, especially in the courtroom. He he, he just felt it, it the air change. When that when that when that verdict came through, the first thing he thought was Oh, the women are going to be pissed. <laughs> well, no, it's it, it's it's a great juxtaposition because he says if OJ would have lost, then the blacks would have rioted and killed a bunch of white people. So it's good that he that uh, he won, but because he lost, women are killing a bunch of men in the courtroom. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's like you're damned if I you love do. It. And you're, if you're a white man, you're gonna get it either way, basically. It's what he's you're scared. Yeah, but he's like kind of stoked because I think he's he's less scared of like he's probably less scared of uh, women than he is of like you know black black men. I don't know. He's pre- I think he's pretty afraid of both. Uh, and yeah. So while he's laying all this out about how rotten like female prosecutors are and and how they're just uh extremely spiteful uh he has this little aside where he says by the way all you young female prosecutors who just got their itty bitty feelings stepped on tough shit it's your shitty work and personal bias that has contributed to ruining men and this country 
It's gender discrimination. It's inhumane and completely despicable behavior. You should all be locked up for crimes against humanity. It's judicial apartheid. Just wow. Any any wow. woman lawyer just get rid of them? Like lock them all up or female prosecutors and prosecutors. Yeah. So all the doesn't all even the really female, say what they're doing. They just got to go. All the female they're prosecuting. Pro, all the female prosecutors reading gents let's talk about feminist who just got their feelings <laughs> stepped on. Hey, tough shit. You can change that. You can change that by quitting your job and advocating for the release of every man you ever prosecuted. He might be he might be the only person that hates Kamala Harris more than me. <laughs> um so we got one last segment here which uh is a is a doozy, okay? This is a a, a chapter or subchapter called My Stance on the LGBTQ. It's time to do some serious straight talk. Sex. Get, get it? Get it? Sex. A, a taboo subject when it comes to erectile dysfunction. What? <laughs> it's my belief that sexual insecurities, combined with the many different styles of the feminist movements over the years, might be one of the biggest factors of the LGBTQ spurt. Women's <laughs> it's fad. Everybody's just taking it up. <laughs> Look cool on Instagram. Yeah, you. I just I've noticed there's a recent like uh, you know spurting of the LGBTQ <laughs> movement. You're, you're, it's like it's just like a little little splat here and there. You know. Yeah. I, I keep track. I have char all the charts of you know how gay people are, and it's just this year has been amazing for the growth. The numbers are just off the charts. Just shooting ropes and ropes of the LGBTQ <laughs> movement. <laughs> uh, women started being harder to please and more demanding in bed. It caught all men off guard. It's my belief uh -oh, that the overimportance whoa, whoa, of sex. Whoa! What's happened? What's going on here? Telling on himself is a driving force in disconnecting couples, thus destroying families with divorce, unknown breakups, etc. I'm not just blaming the feminist movement. It was a societal shift into judging performance in bed. These are sensitive deeply personal issues people started openly talking about it it created insecurities within then threesomes became a trend porn was a factor when the sexual disconnect grew it caused ed with men guys have emotions too and insecurities also not just women that's when the gay and lesbian movement started growing with same sex it was easy to get sex no real judgments against you a man did not have to get a penis enlargement, and a woman did not have to get breast implants. No judging. I believe sex is the main underlying factor for many being flipped into the LGBTQ community. So he, that's yeah, that that makes sense actually. Previously in the book, he writes about having erectile dysfunction since he was twenty. Not okay. something I was going Bummer. to include in the book. Not so, or in in the, our you know analysis of the book. Yeah. Not something I was going to make fun of him for, until he blames his erectile dysfunction on threesomes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I understand that. Like, um, I suffer now from erectile dysfunction. There has to be a third person in the room, at least, um, in order for me to to do anything. 
Um, <clears throat> and that's all because of the, all the threesomes that um, people insist on having all the time. Maxim Magazine got all these kids excited yep. about threesomes, yep. and that's the only thing they need to get off anymore. And they'll take anybody, even non-binary people. They just want three of them in the bed. <laughs> There's got to like, be three bodies. Whoa. <laughs> There's got to be three bodies. I, uh, I, I, I try to be with a woman. I try to get into things. But I, I know just in her heart of heart, she wants to be having a threesome with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell she's thinking about two other people besides me. <laughs> <laughs> she's calling out uh, two different names while we have sex. It's, it just sucks because you can tell he had a history of like having partners think that their boring sex was like normal. And then they started talking about it with their friends. And they were like, oh, shit, what I'm, what I'm having is bad. And he's like, you can't talk about this is a secret thing. Don't talk about <laughs> yeah. sex. Don't talk about how bad I am at sex. <laughs> well, and it's like, I mean, you can get, you know, pills or, you know, even if you can't, yeah. like you can find a, a, a partner, you know, who, who respects you still. And like, there's other things you can do besides, you know, uh, specifically uh penile intercourse you know what i mean like uh yeah, but it's, you can have lots of fun it's just this guy's like deep-seated insecurities and his pride and his obvious hatred of women where he's like well okay let's see here uh i don't like women i don't like the lgbtq so it was probably uh gay lesbian women who gave me ed yeah gay lesbian women having group sex are mm -hmm. the reason i have ed uh, he goes on to say, God did not create millions of gay and lesbian humans. Maybe 500,000 were born or destined to be male, <laughs> destined to mate, be a mate of the same sex, but not 12 million. Come on, 12 million, that's, that's out of here. Now remember, he, he didn't read any material about the, this subject matter clearly, whatsoever. Clearly. This is all that's original These reporting. These are just numbers. <laughs> These numbers are like, I just pulling out of the thin air. Um... Do, do, do. They were swayed into it because it was easier and, quote, cool. Most of the LGBTQ community today are just products of our new society. Men and women are losing their connectivity because of the feminist movement. Remember, this didn't happen overnight. It's been a very slow 50-year change in culture. Being that I'm a logical guy, I get or understand why many would flip to the other side. For starters, same sex is easier. It's not complicated. Gays and lesbians openly talk about sex, and they are experts in recruitment. If a human is not being accepted or loved by the opposite sex, then the same sex may be option B, right? Five <laughs> years from now, robots will be competing with humans. Then the silly gang group will then have to change their name, adding an R what? to it. It will then what be called that? the LGBTQR community. Oh my god. Uh, robot? R for robot? <laughs> is that what it Robosexual. is? Robosexual. Oh my god. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, remember, I remember when I first got recruited to be queer. It was some guy was in the corner smoking a cigarette in a trench coat. was like, hey kid, looks like you're having a hard time with the ladies. <laughs> you, ever, <laughs> you ever consider, uh, you know, being LGBTQ, huh? <laughs> We're going to get robots and <laughs> Made a blood sacrifice and uh, yeah. Some people, yeah. I, this is like obviously very funny, but I guarantee you if we ever get like fully automated like robot sex partners or whatever, people on Twitter will try to make that a sexuality. Oh, absolutely. I think they try to do that with the movie Her. Yeah, they will add a, a chrome 
band to the rainbow. Uh, and that that sounds like a good idea. I like like a ref- like a three M reflective strip. Uh, they will have to add an R to the, to the LGBTQR community. Ready for my funny salesman voice? I'm gonna try to do it. Can't connect with a woman because of the feminist movement. Don't want to join the Rainbow Gang. Can't afford a Russian <laughs> mail order bride. Well, we've got the answer for you. It's Sally the Slingbot. We can ship directly to you from Japan today. Yes, the robots are coming. That means less connection between all of us. How are you today, Sally? The robot replies, Kevin, I'm great every day. I can't change my feelings. Oh, okay, Sally, you're funny, LOL. I'm not kidding about the robots. They're coming. And that is when humanity is finished. The end of times is near, and I will get more into that in Chapter 8. I mean, no, I I do think that the moments that robots do start coming is when the humans are doomed. Like as long as robots can't come, we're fine. But once they can start coming, we're all we're all doomed. I, I um, I I guess I would probably worry about my own situation before I started thinking ahead that far. Like he, I he, I don't I don't he's getting ahead of himself here. It feels yeah, like. like a lot. I I so I haven't read all of this book, and when I heard him. Uh, reference the end times and how he's going to discuss that in chapter eight uh i got i don't know really excited but we only have so much time on this show uh so i I feel like that's a good cliffhanger to leave this segment on and uh i i wanted to announce that uh after just reading so much of this book and how wonderful it is i think that the listener deserves to hear more of it i think that this is like very truly a work of art a work of outsider art you know uh along the lines of of the room or or of you know uh any any one of these crank auteurs who put out just wonderful content so i will be doing a live reading of selected pieces from gents let's talk about feminist on our youtube page this wednesday which I believe is August 26th at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to compile some of the some of the better stuff uh, that that we didn't get to, uh, including this chapter on the the uh, Armageddon on on, mm. on the apocalypse. I'm very <laughs> eager to read about that. Uh, it's really important that you hear that because mm. like, it's coming. So we got to be prepared. Yeah. So this Wednesday, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, YouTube.com/slash Minion Death Cult. Uh, go ahead and you know like or subscribe, and and get notifications for when uh, I'll, I go live. And bear with me; it's going to be my first uh, live thing that, that I've done like that. So uh, it's it's going to be fun. I think. I'm pumped. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Brett is, of course, from yeah. uh, Street Fight Radio. We do a podcast two times a week, uh, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Uh, you can also watch it as a live stream. Tonight is Sunday. We're recording. I'm about to jump on the phones uh, and take calls from people about work, um, coronavirus, uh, bad bosses, landlords, all kinds of fun stuff like that. It's three hours long, and there's usually a, a lot of fun people in the chat. So check it out, streetfireradio.com. That has all the stuff you can click on. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, uh, helping us return to the, the story of McBee. The whole thing yeah. is staggering. Just the I love the personal history. I love the 
I love, like you said, that he finished the book. Like this, this could be like the ravings of just a madman that get left somewhere, but he completed the book no. and published it. And uh, so now we have a full coherent, like landmark on where McBee is at in his life now. Yeah, yeah. Alex paid for this book. <laughs> That's another reason for doing the, the reading. I don't want everybody to have to pay uh, for this book, but I think they should still have to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah, get the McBee bootleg on Wednesday. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I had to go course. take calls. Bye. Peace. Okay, so our next topic of the night, uh, we have the anniversary of 9-11 coming up. Uh, that, of course, it is. is going I, I, to yeah. happen on 9-11. Um, and... Because of coronavirus, because of, you know, worries about workplace infection, um, the museum that normally does, I guess, the uh, 9-11 memorial, which consists of, like, I believe two floodlights pointed directly into the air, mimicking, you know, the Twin Towers... Yeah, seems kind of I don't know in bad taste. Like like, use ghosts. The twin towers are ghosts. Yeah, now. you can see them, but you can't touch them. <laughs> or like, or like, yeah, this is what it used to look like. Ha uh-huh. ha. Yeah, like yeah, I I don't know. It seems a little like refusing to accept closure. It's know? also it's weird. It's like they're creating their own like um, uh, what do they call those the outlines from like the atomic bombs. <laughs> yeah, the sh- atomic shadows. It's like creating your own. It's like creating your own atomic shadow. I think it's yeah. I think it's also kind of like creating a false god. Like you should be worshiping the actual twin towers, which are in heaven now. Yeah, and not yeah. like creating some sort of that's idolatry. Know, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, it's some sort of semblance of. The it's kind of tacky. It's kind of tacky. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, of course, all the reporting about this. So the the, the museum who said they weren't going to do it this year was because they said it, it takes like 40 people to set up and rig up uh, this display. Um, that's their reasoning. That's not what is being reported. That's not what was reported by Fox News or any of these places. The reporting is just, quote, New York will not have the 9-11 memorial this year. Just conveniently suggesting that the city of New York is responsible for canceling the 9-11 memorial because of coronavirus. Yeah, it's fucking sellouts. The National September 11th Museum and Memorial will not be open September 11th this year because corona. That's right. Coronavirus has shut down September 11th. What? The September 11th Monument and Memorial, the one shooting two huge beams of light four miles into the sky will not be happening this year because of coronavirus. That's right, 40 people. It takes 40 people to turn on a fucking light switch and New York City says, no, it's just not safe. You know what wasn't safe? How about a whole bunch of first responders running into a building that was collapsing on fire, filled with jet fuel and people trying to run for their lives. But hey, I guess never forget turned into eh, maybe next year, right? So of course this led to like, you know, numerous death threats against Andrew Cuomo uh, and Bill de Blasio, which, you know, who care really, but uh, yeah. I'm going to read here. But they're also like, I have nothing to do with this. Why why are you, what? I can't do anything about this, y'all. 
I'm going to read here from the update because now they are going to have it. Oh, surprise, surprise. Babies got their way. Uh, it's from Fox News. Uh, New York State will provide health personnel and supervision so that at September 11th Memorial can mount the tribute in light safely. Cuomo announced on Twitter. I'm glad that we can continue this powerful tribute to those who we lost on 9-11 and to the heroism of all New Yorkers. We will hashtag never forget. He said that former Mayor Mike Bloomberg would provide support for the memorial. Incredible. So annoying. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what? So so Mike Bloomberg is going to fork out, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep uh, lights to uh, displays running. Yeah. That's great. I love that. It's also just strange because, I mean, you know, at this point, (laughs) um, there's been... 10 times as many deaths from COVID-19 than yeah. than 9-11. Yeah. So like, w- when we pick a day for this, what's that going to be like? <laughs> it's going to be very annoying. It's going to be equally annoying. Maybe even more so because this is like far more de-state. I mean... No, there's there's not going to be one. There's not going to be like a day of remembrance from, from the pandemic. Will fucking Joe Biden will do it. That'll be like the one thing he gets through Congress before midterms hit and they get wiped out. No, the only, like they'll do it, but like uh, they'll do it, but Trump will do it, and it will be um, it will be after they declare that it was China's fault. Sure. So now we have like an enemy to like celebrate that day on with, you know? Yeah, it, they'll they'll name it like America Day. Yeah. Because because Patriots Day is already taken. Um. Yeah, I just I love that my oh we had we had to once again call in the privatization of government. I mean, it's not, again, it's not government doing this, but it's just like, here's a rich billionaire who gets to decide, like, what happens in the city, basically. Um, After the light ceremony's cancellation earlier this week, Fox News' Geraldo Rivera called it, quote, the saddest story. It's just like a funny thing for an adult to say. Like, the cancellation was the saddest story? Yeah. It's like, should I be fucking baby? Like... People are going to be bummed on Christmas this year. <laughs> yeah, new, think about New Year's Eve, dude. Yep, yep. <laughs> they're not gonna. They're not gonna stay in for New Year's Eve. No, no, no way. Yeah. Oh, the saddest story. Oh, this is my favorite song, "The Saddest Day" by Converge. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Biden Harris command. This is still Geraldo talking. This is like the Biden Harris commandment that everybody, regardless of state or rural, suburban, urban, regardless of setting, has to wear a mask when in public, Rivera said. It has the stink of let's stick it to the president and make life as grim as we possibly can and then try to saddle Donald Trump with the responsibility for it, Rivera added. It's the harshest kind of partisan politics you could possibly imagine. There's so much shit that like pisses me off about this because it's like, Again, I don't give a shit about partisan politics, but we've witnessed uh, far if this were just like, you know, a, a, a scheme to make Donald Trump look bad, which is hilarious in its own right. If this were that, it would be nothing compared to the sitting president having called the former president like an illegal immigrant. 
somebody yeah. who lied about his birthplace and was an illegitimate president. Like, it's absurd to think that, oh, we didn't have the the lights in New York. And this is just the, a dark mark on our, our political uh, map here. But why would New York State cancel that? Cancel the night? Why would the Democrats who run New York entirely cancel the 9-11 memorial and think that donald trump was gonna get credit for that yeah how how would that make sense i mean synonymous despite donald trump being from new york synonymous with new york is democrats democratic politicians synonymous with 9-11 is like insane jingoistic patriotism so that is such a funny thing that's so real that's so fucking real why would the democrats how would they think that, that that would be possible to do that to 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 cancel the patriotism celebration and blame it on republicans yeah yeah no way just stupid I mean, I, everybody's I like, I like, just yeah. stupid and it makes me really mad yeah like it's so it's so petty that they want to do this at all it's like why do you think you have to be there um you know what like this is not healthy at this point <laughs> And since time, like you said, a little closure, maybe. Uh, you don't have to be there this year. You can sit this one out. Uh, Picker, 42658, leading me to believe that maybe the 420 was an accident, uh, <laughs> says, says the display will be back next year. Doubt it. The cancel culture won't allow it. Fear of the COVID is prevalent in blue states for the unforeseeable future. One doctor from Johns Hopkins predicts several years of requiring masks. The socialists just keep on winning. It's funny because they say, you know, a doctor from John, Johns Hopkins, almost like a, to give it credit, right? To give it like um, something, you know, this is this is legitimate. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, listen to the doctor, man. Mm -hmm. uh, don't you get it? <laughs> it's because of these actions that, that you're not, that it's going to be years. Yeah. And it's just, it's... It's so. But they brutal. still call it like a social, like a so. They still call it a socialist victory, instead it's, of just like science. It's so brutal that having to wear a mask and like not being able to go to work or see your family or like do anything fun is what socialism is considered. They're like, yep. oh, so, yep. oh, socialists won again, and it's like we got we got one stimulus check, and then the government yep. has been on vacation. <laughs> Like literally, it's so fucked. This is what they think. Oh, socialism is when you have to wear a mask to prevent a an illness that was exacerbated by capitalism. That's what socialism is. Uh, Which, and then, yeah, yeah. And then also, uh, the cancel culture won't allow it. Like there was a couple instances. I don't think I have the other instance in here, but there was a couple instances where the uh, context of the phrase cancel culture revealed to me that they don't know what cancel culture is and i don't mean that in like a snarky way oh they don't even understand i mean like they think it's something else they think it's specifically somebody said they will keep canceling culture because yes. it was it was the uh the lights were part of american culture and like barbecues are part of american culture and so they think the phrase cancel culture means to cancel culture Thinking that two spotlights pointed in the air that aren't even moving like in front of a nightclub is culture. Thinking that's what that is. It is what though. a bummer. It what is a bummer. Though. That is American yeah. cult. That is fucking yeah, American absolutely. culture being obsessed with the deaths of three thousand people. So much so that you kill five hundred thousand in the Middle East. 
That's yeah. like American culture. I can't think of a better uh, metaphor. Absolutely, for it. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what what, what is this name? Unimi, Unimi, five five six says. This beam of light. Yeah, weird this, name. This beam of light display should be up and shining all year long, not just a few weeks before 9/11. This should be a quote daily reminder and memorial to those who suffered and died. And this is one of the top comments on the site, and I love it. It's just because like babies got their way, the light will shine despite you know being superfluous and sort of like a, I don't know, and example of psychopathy in america like and a giant waste of like infrastructure and resources you're gonna get your light and they're like well yeah but only one day should be shining year round so i can constantly think about what those dirty muslims did to us yeah and also (laughs) imagine living around there because you know the light pollution is probably for like a couple blocks well it's new york city so i don't think there's anywhere that's not light pollution light pollution yeah <clears throat> but still those are like huge beams of light yeah it's probably like it's it's probably like a, a air airline hazard yeah absolutely <laughs> so occupy democrats logic posted about this what they did was they screen capped a tweet shared it uh will richie ardea richie ardella i don't know will richie ardella says on twitter <laughs> Let's cut the shit. New York didn't want to have the 9-11 memorial because it would unify the whole country for a day. It will, for a moment, undo the Marxist racial balkanization campaign they've waged for six months just before a presidential election. I like that they, they, you know, acknowledge things like Marxists and whatnot, but then they still think that we're all going to be like, hey, we all got to we all got to salute that flag today. Today's the day we all got to come together and salute that flag. We got to come together as a nation. That's how they literally think politics works. Like, if these Marxists would just turn off uh, CNN for one day, they would see a pretty picture of the flag. They would see, like, old white men in their, like, veterans' hats, you know, shedding a tear. And they would they would start to love the country then. Yeah, yeah. It's all just like based in like what media you can see. I looked at the lights and I was drawn toward it like a moth to flame. You know, I was drawn towards a love of our country and a hatred of the dirty radicals who did this. Yeah, I I was suddenly very, very into the military industrial complex. I don't know what (laughs) happened, but I got really into it. I suddenly agreed that capitalism was behind every invention in the last 100 years in America. Yeah. Um, and it's fu- so Occupy Democrats Logic shared this tweet uh, and they wrote true. They captioned it true. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's like it, we, this 9 11 memorial will unify the country. Like, did, haven't we had this in previous years? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, I was still making fun of 9 11 last year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I, I remember. I think we had a good ep on it, actually. Um. Sounds about, didn't we have the 9 11 baby episode? 9-11 baby year. episode, yeah. Nine pounds, 11 ounces. Born at, on 9-11. at 9-11. At 9-11 Yep. Well, that's what we're celebrating, actually, is that baby's first birthday. I, uh, that's worth celebrating. I that's, that we can, uni- we can unify behind that, because we all love babies. That was such a good episode. Um, 
Yeah, and then they talk about racial balkanization. Uh, I don't know. The number one uh, reason for racial balkanization is a little thing called white flight that happens when uh, too many black people get enough money to buy a house. (laughs) And then all the white people uh, leave for some reason. Um, Yeah, they just uh, run off. And also, like, the idea that the Democrats are trying to stir up this race war is, of course, like, cheap cover for the fact that uh, the right wing is definitely the party responsible for stirring up the race war. Um, It's also just funny that, like, they think Democrats aren't actively targeting white people and, like, quote, moderate Republicans. Like, that's who the right, like... That's who Democrats care about. Like, they know they have black people in the bag, or at least they think they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the idea that Democrats are stoking, like, racial animosity to win an election yeah, is, it's pretty is like, absurd. It's absurd. Like, I mean, you know, black people make up a, a, a big chunk of the Democratic voting base, but still... <laughs> Like, Democrats are very clearly targeting white people. Yeah, yeah, and everything they're doing. I mean, and to the point where, like, they're even, like, uh, you know, the, the choosing of Kamala Harris was a gesture to white people as much as it was <laughs> anybody else. And, I mean, to the point where Obama choosing Joe Biden was a gesture to racist Absolutely. White, white people, if we remember that. Absolutely, yep. <clears throat> uh, Winston Smith says, it wouldn't unify the country. The left already hates the country. They would protest it and riot I don't know if I'd protest it. I don't know if I'd riot, but I, I mean, I'm going to make fun of it. Yeah. Einar Severinsen said, replies, oh, that's the extreme left. The extreme left would be the ones rioting. What Tim Pool says are around 8% of the population. Yep. There you go. You know, that makes sense. 8% is who you're seeing in all these videos every single day. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we don't talk about Tim Pool really on this website. He's he's a YouTube guy. He doesn't make his way on a Facebook very much, as far as I can tell. He's also on Twitter. It's very funny. He's like the right wing's example of like a reasonable liberal because all he does is like try to get black people arrested for protesting. <laughs> yep. Um, the YouTube the YouTube cesspools like too much. I don't yeah. know all. The, I don't know them. Anyway, he's just like a lib who tries to make fun of AOC all the time. He says he's a lib. He probably says he's a classical liberal now or something. Anyway, I like that he's... I don't know where he gets the number 8%. Um, he, he might be, like, adding up the totals of everybody who's protested. You know, like, the, the reports for, like, the yeah. numbers of protests. I don't know. That still seems like a pretty high number, 8% of the entire population. But also, 8% of the population, if they're actually actively protesting, that's a huge number. That's a big number. Yeah. It's a giant number because that doesn't mean just like, oh, 8% who are sympathetic to it. That means 8% who are like who motivated are, to go out and like put their necks on the line. Yeah. Who are like agitating and being awesome. Uh, Einar again says, fortunately, there's more than 8% who would just as soon kick their asses if given a good reason to do so. Suburbanites don't tolerate their nonsense so much. Suburbanites. Yeah. Like, when did, like, suburbanite become, like, a like a claim to, like, grit? That's so wild. I think as soon as, like, lifted trucks became weapons in the race war. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so... You sound so fucking stupid saying that. 
You know, we don't we don't take that kind of shit around the suburbs. <laughs> we don't tolerate this kind of nonsense in my cul-de-sac. We got community watch. See that? That's a camera. We're watching <laughs> everything you do. Do not come into my pool. <laughs> I like that they're owning it though, because that's one thing yeah. that like the suburbs have been known for is like people who are like afraid of everything, absolutely hate fun. Uh, and will like have their private security force confiscate your skateboard if they find you at the park. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that that that's a real thing that happens. Yeah, uh, we had. Did you ever encounter the EHR? Uh huh. Absolutely. The EHR patrol. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I ran see, from like, them like at least half a dozen times. Yeah. No. No doubt. Probably more. We we ran. We drove from them in a car one time. It's yeah. Pretty cool. I've I've definitely been in some uh, some chases with them. Which is funny, because I would love to like, encounter that as an adult. Mm-hmm. Well, what all they can do, do is call adult? the all they can do is call the cops. So you like yeah. still want to get out of there, but you yeah, know, but still, like, even like as funny. kids, we even as kids we knew like that they were a joke. You just had to mm-hmm. get out of there before the actual cops showed up if if you had done anything to warrant an actual police visit. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Loeb replies to Einar about his eight percent statistic. Uh, actually, ten to twelve percent of Germans were Nazis. Uh-huh. So this is like to say that you know uh, only ten to twelve percent of Germans had the bad beliefs, and they uh, were taken over by a radical. Or sorry, the bad majority was a, the bad minority was able to take over, uh, despite only being ten to twelve percent because of the inactions of good Germans. <laughs> yeah. All those good Germans who stood by. Yeah, because so eight percent is like probably close enough, and it's just—I mean—which is funny because that's what 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 is our favorite other percent on this show? Uh, that's the three percent, baby. Oh, the three percent. Yep. Oh God. Yep. The three percent. That is—I so, didn't even think about that being being the thing. Yeah, that being that's a real reference to a real 3% number. Three percent originates. Yeah. It's that like oh, that's the number of U.S citizens or u.s occupants who were able to drive off the british forces um yeah. so all they were all the suburbs really need is like three percent that's think. all they need and they're good to go yeah man that, that i can't believe how prevalent that's become that that people are still able to like put that sticker on their laptop and like their the back of their cars and Dude, have like, tattoos of it security people who were like running security or no what am i thinking of did he have a three percent shirt on? I'm trying to remember uh, my experiences in the chop, in the chat. Oh, in the I, shop. I'm I'm sure there I'm sure there were some there. One one guy had a fucking one guy who was doing security had a fucking uh, grunt style shirt on. Oh, I like telling them about grunt style. I like bonding with them and being like, oh, do you know you know about some grunt style? You know. And it's and like, I don't like, want to alienate any, like, leftist veterans who see Grunt Style and think, oh, it's just a cool company for, for veterans or whatever. But it's like, no, this dude, like, advocates to, like, kill communists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, then in, and then also, while we're on the subject of Grunt Style, uh, I feel bad because I can't remember his name. But the guy who answered the door uh, with, with a gun in his hand when the cops came to his door because his his neighbor filed a noise complaint against him yeah. because he and his like partner or his girlfriend or whatever were playing video games too loud and he got executed in his home 
that guy w- in like some of the memorial photos I saw of him was wearing grunt style shirts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah, like sick. I, I, it's just like such a sick joke, man. Like I don't, I'm like yeah, I'm becoming sucks. the comedian over here, you know. I'm, People, I'm, I'm getting Joker fight over here. But they really, they really just see the Facebook ad and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. Oh, it looks like it's, uh, you know, that looks like CrossFit wear." Like, right. Let me, but let me get that. And it, it sucks. But it's so all bad. cultural anyway. Like I don't know that yeah. guy personally, but like maybe he was anti BLM. Maybe he was part of like the right wing, you know, like troop mm-hmm. culture or whatever. And yeah, he still got fucked over by it, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, he probably absolutely was. Yeah, and that sucks. I, you know, and I see, I see um, pages that are calling out his murder by the police as an injustice, and I see it like bordering on trying to discredit Black Lives Matter because he was a white guy shot by police. I see it like... You see the type of post because it's a Facebook post and it's got block impact font on the top and the bottom and it's him as a white guy, you know, being killed by the police. And you just have, like, the worst expectations because it's Facebook. Um, But it just says something like, his killer's still not arrested, where's his justice? And it's like... Okay, I guess that's that is a good message. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a good I'm, message. I'm not mad at that at all. That's great. Like it, it in a time of BLM, you might see that and be like, see the phrase "Where's his justice?" and imagine like in italics to his, you know, mm-hmm. the word "his." Ju- where's his justice? You know, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like choosing not to imagine those italics. I'm choosing to like take this as a good thing, not his murder being a good thing, of course, but no. a good thing that we are recognizing the role that police play in every yes. community. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Cause like, cool. As long as you are talking about it and you do understand this was happening, maybe you'll, maybe now you can become more um, empathetic with what's going on all the time. Yeah. And I saw you know? other people in the comments who were like, Oh well, I'll just leave. I'll leave the same comments here that I see on Black Lives Matter posts. What, you know, why didn't he just follow instructions? Why? And it's like I I got to reply to that and be like, Hey, chill. It's not constructive. No, like this person. It's bad. This, this yeah. is a good post. Like no need. Yeah. No need to criticize. Like yeah. You know, it's not if it's helping. If it's somebody you know personally who has a shit against BLM that is posting this, yeah, talk to them about it. But like, yeah. this post is good. It's good. So yeah. Anyway, I went to Einar Severinsen, who was he's the eight percent guy, eight uh, the suburbs will rise again guy, and uh, he's got a, like an oil painting as his avatar, an oil painting of what looks like a monk, you know, like it's a close up bowl cut, bowl cut monk type guy, and his cover photo is like thatched roofs of like a like a um, like a monastery, yeah, like a monastery or an abbey or something yeah. like that. And then his, like, I don't know, people probably don't, everybody's not on Facebook, but you can leave a little bio that, it, that it's under your name. And it says, mm-hmm. neither LARPing nor cosplaying. And it's just a hobby. What, which is very confusing. That's kind of what both LARPing and cosplaying are, is they're, they're hobbies. They're, they're fine hobbies to have. Yeah, <laughs> they're great hobbies, but they are, in fact, hobbies, right? Yeah. Usually when people say LARPing, like the reason that's an insult is because you it's not a hobby 
<laughs> yeah. It's something you actually care deeply about and, you know, your life revolves around it or whatever. Anyway, um, he's like a, he's like a cosplayer. He, he's like, he goes to like Renaissance fairs and like, he does like juggling or something. I can't remember what his shit was. I think he just like cosplays as like a, uh, uh, a bartender or something. Um, probably like a monk probably wears like a robe, a brown robe and like a rope around him. And his uh, job title is owner-operator at Self-Employed and Loving It. Yes. So this is, it's, it's works, it's works at Self-Employed. It's, it's worked at, it's works at Small Business Owner. Owner-operator at Self-Employed and Loving It. It seems like a, a Dracula movie I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah. Dracula, I'm, I'm Self-Employed that. and Loving It. And Loving It, Yeah. Like Dracula has to like start, you know, um, a new hustle. So like opens up like a, like a Poshmark and starts like selling vintage. It's Dracula having to navigate like all the red tape you have to go through as a small business owner. Yeah. And, like gosh, wanting to like really sink his fangs into OSHA, you know. Yeah. All he really wants to do is just you know sell sell high quality jams with a cottage license, <laughs> but there's so much red tape. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like uh, you have to have so much lighting in the shop, which of course interferes with his his uh, you know dark menacing uh, objectives. Yeah, yeah, it's a little counterproductive for him. You have to have an eye wash station in there. That's got to be a hassle there's for a, any myth. There's a piece. whole scene where like uh, there's a whole scene where he gets like a a bucket of jam and a bucket of blood mixed up when the health inspector comes by. <laughs> Uh, finally, we have Jeff Torrey, who says, welcome to 2020 NYC. So this is like, you know, this is how New York City runs. They tell 9-11, hey, go take a hike. Hey, I'm, I'm walking yeah, here. I'm walking. You can't <laughs> put your lights here. I'm walking here. Capiche, capiche. Hey, I'm going to get a gob of ghoul instead of remembering 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, I think that that that's definitely someone's like last word from the <laughs> I just remember when you said, "Hey, Gabagool, hey, it's a nice beef pastrami. Who need who needs national cohesion?" <laughs> uh, welcome to 2020 NYC. Eat your neighbor's dog. Back out in two hours. Zero bail. Forget 9/11 and 7/7. They do not matter, and we had it coming. Really dislike Trump. It's this rubbish that forces me to vote him. I love this there's, so much. There's two things here that really mm -hmm. stick out to me, like a sore thumb. Uh, one of them is the reference to 7-7, which mm -hmm. is a terrorist attack that I guarantee you 99.5% of Americans are unaware of because it happened... In England, <laughs> not yep, not over here. It was a subway attack that happened on seven seven, uh, over over there in over you know oh over there, uh, and also the word rubbish. I think yep. also a word that ninety nine point five percent of Americans are unaware of. Uh, very interesting that Jeff Tory. This all makes sense now. It's an American. I think Jeff Tory might be a Tory. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe I got a hunch. I got something to get a little inkling here. You can, if you look closely in the background of his 
picture, there's actually just a, a piece of toast with beans on it. <laughs> if you look in the background, in, in like off to the right, you see the toast with beans, but you can also see the edge of what is unmistakably a chip. Um, <laughs> and now an American looking at that, they would see a fry, except for the fact yeah, that it has a, a, the f- word chip with an arrow pointing to it. Yeah, <laughs> clarify. Uh, I love that. Hey, forget nine eleven and seven seven. Uh, we should just uh, th- we should just bin it. You know, we should we should yep t- t- toss it in the bin with with the old football cleats. Uh, imagine like being being English and just being really broken up over nine eleven. Psycho. That's so interesting. Psycho shit. Being yeah. from any we we get this time to time, but being from any country. And being in love with Trump, I mean, I guess, like, there's foreign leaders where I'm like, hey, that guy's a cool guy or that girl's a cool girl, you know, like, but I don't, like, like, like I don't stand, like, Lula was cool, you know, yeah, or yeah, like, totally, totally, yeah, you know, there's, there's like communist leaders where I'm like, you know, cool, you know, cool, yeah, run it, run <clears throat> it, like, Thomas Sankara is like a guy that I'll be like, yeah, that guy fucking rules, but I'm not yeah. also like, I don't know. I wouldn't be like. Act, I mean, maybe I would. I you're, don't know. You're not buying merch. <sighs> you know, you're not buying merch. Now, if I knew that I could buy it from the official Thomas Sankara 2020 store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then I would. But unfortunately, he was killed. Um, I. Somebody's erecting a, a, a website just to grift you right now. <laughs> They would they would grift a lot of people. If somebody created yeah. a, t- I mean, I'm sure there's Thomas Sankara shirts out there, just like the Chase official shirts. Thomas official Thomas Sankara merch 2020.com. If you're unfamiliar with uh, good communist leaders, I would recommend looking up Thomas Sankara and what he did for his people and what kind of a leader he was because he was an amazing leader, an amazing feminist, an amazing just like working person who refused air conditioning in Africa because it was a luxury that most of like his people couldn't afford like what what he did for his people is truly truly amazing uh yeah, inspiring rest in power Thomas Sinkar so I guess I would like maybe comment and be like hey I like Thomas Sinkar on a Facebook uh yeah. post about whatever um but this comment is just funny because he says, really dislike Trump. It is this rubbish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it is this balderdash that forces me to vote for him. And it's like, I don't know if you're voting in America. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, he he does just mean like he votes for him whenever like it comes up in like a, a poll. <laughs> An online poll. I got I to gotta do it. I got I to gotta pick him every single time. I got to pick Trump. But it's also like... It's again this thing. Didn't we have a comment that was like, what was the comment last week where it was like, I really don't like Trump, but I got to vote for him. What what was that shit? It was the Mount Rushmore stuff. Yeah. Like, Listen, yeah. I don't I don't vote. I don't even vote, but and I don't even like Donald Trump. So I'm an impartial source, and you can tell that I mean it when I say he should be memorialized on the yeah, face of a mountain. Yeah, emblazoned on a mountain. Yeah. 
that's this comment. It's, I really dislike Trump. It's the fact that I read an obviously biased Fox News article that pretended a privately funded museum in New York City was the New York City government. Yes. And refused to remember 9-11. I, you know, I, I'm really a rational person who, who dislikes Trump. I swear. Trump. Uh, but this one obvious fucking rag hit piece was enough to get me to say, hey, I'll vote for him again. Uh, you know yep. what? By golly, if it's going to bring you back the memorial, then four more years. What is this? Eat your neighbor's dog back out into... If, I if, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it sounds racist. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. I mean, you you can each... Eating your neighbor's dog isn't the sort of crime it used to be. You can do that and still become uh, the 44th president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Time, it's time to move on, buddy. Okay. All right, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Brett from Street Street Fight Radio for being our guest. Uh, Reminder, I'm going to do a live stream stream. this Wednesday. This Wednesday. August 26th on our YouTube page. I will be reading select excerpts of Gents We Need to Talk About Feminism, uh, selections from chapters such as Enter Facebook, Gay Guys Rock, Edge District Nazis, Hate Crimes, Transgression of feminist judges. Fire your own gun. That's a good one. I've read that one. Stop the female triad now. Happy birthday, sucka. Etc. YouTube.com slash Minion Death Cult. There is old video of us there, like clips from episodes when we used to record video or used to try to do it. Some of that stuff is still worth uh, checking out, especially our edit of the CHP lip sync challenge, which has a bunch of cops angry in the comments section for some reason. Uh, But we did our own little edit of the CHP California Highway Patrol lip sync challenge uh that i'm that i'm pretty proud of one of the better things i've done with my life i think uh so you have that to enjoy and also the live stream to look forward to youtube.com slash minion death cult this wednesday august 26th 8 p.m pacific standard time support the show at patreon.com slash minion death cult p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash minion death cult we have uh bonus episodes every week it's fucking good stuff i mean we talked about the trump voters for the first time i think and the thing about the trump trump the voters for trump is like the trump boat the official trump boat the the one is owned by the guy who does the operation flag drop facebook group which we have covered on this show the yeah. episode that we covered that on is the episode that's titled like absolutely insane disgusting moronic evil garbage <laughs> that it's it's the uh the cover photo for our twitter the the comment let me let me just the episode titles the same wording as that comment it's such a wonderful co- absolutely stupid disgusting insane moronic evil garbage that's the episode where we talk about operation flag drop facebook group which is a facebook group that exists just to sell trump flags to its members and yes. it has 136 thousand members at least it might have more at this point the whole point of the group is you do voyeuristic exhibitions of your love for trump in public areas 
You yes. hold your you hold your Trump flag. You unfurl your Trump flag outside of the window of a of a popular eatery in New York City, knowing how triggered those libs are getting. Man, I feel like um, flag dropping is so much harder right now during the pandemic because half of the fun of doing a flag drop is giving that cheeky smile to everyone that's, that, that walks past you, giving that cheeky smile and nod. How are you supposed to see the lib's jaws drop when it's covered by a mask? Yeah, yeah, that's not fair. But it's gonna also, expose noses. <clears throat> also, in that episode where we covered uh, the the tr- voters for Trump trying to set a Guinness Book of World Records, that shit was organized by Cliff Gephardt, who we also talked about on the show. The 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 coffee shop he started, Conservative Grounds, with like a replica of the Oval Office inside the coffee shop, where uh, your uncle can sit behind the Resolute desk and take a picture with a thumbs up, pretending like he's the, he's the President of the United States, or he's just a friend of the President of the United States, and got to sit behind the Resolute desk. So, very fun stuff on patreon.com slash minioneathcult, $3 a month. Uh, supports the show and gets you access to like over a hundred episodes at this point. Timeless, timeless shit. And like lately, it's just been fucking bangers. We've had the most amazing guests lately. We've had the most amazing content lately. Uh, it's been so awesome. So um, if, if you haven't done it, now is the fucking time. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, we love you, folks. Bye. Appreciate you. Peace. Um, I went to court today for a speeding ticket. And I told the judge, um, let me tell you something. And you listen and you listen good. I'm only going to say this one time and one time only. I don't repeat myself for nobody, I said. I says, I'm here to pay a speeding ticket, not to listen to your lectures and hear you run your mouth for an hour. I says, I'm here to pay off my speeding ticket, and I'm here to, and I'm here to get my fines out of the way and get the fuck to work. The judge says, you can't talk like that in my courtroom. You're in contempt of court. And I said, if, I told the judge, if that's the best you can do, I feel sorry for you. I said, why don't you just shut your fucking mouth for once and listen? I said, I'm not going to take your shit. I said, I'm going to pay my speeding ticket, like I said. I walked up to the goddamn bench and I handed my $25 up and I said, there's my money. Now I am leaving. And I left it at that. Up the goddamn river for 20 years? Well, you're not. 